Uh, hey, Andrew. Yes, Sam? Do you want to hear my my hot Spike Lee take? I would love to. My hot Spike Lee take is as follows. Spike Lee is good at making movies. I know this is unheard of. No one thinks this. Why, 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 Sam? But, God. Why did you have to tell me look, that? <laughs> he's good, man. He's oh, good at making movies. That is I don't know true. what to tell you. That is very, very true. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Everyone outside and in between. Welcome. Welcome back. back. It's been... A month. What week? <laughs> it's been two weeks since we've recorded, but it feels like it has been a month. Yes. Uh, my name is Sam Bannigan. And I am Andrew Thomas. Uh, um, and we, this is a podcast. Also, um, I just want to bring up, just uh-huh. in case, is this our last episode of June? If, if days are right? I think we have. I think there's one. I think there's one more. Oh, is there? Well, I'll still yeah, do one, it now. One more. Uh, happy Pride to everyone. Happy, happy Pride. Pride. Uh, remember, we're, 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 we're all all power to all the people. Um, Hell yeah! Yeah, I thought this was our last one, but I didn't look at a calendar, and I was like, "Yeah." Now we got one. Answer. We got one more next week. Uh. We uh, this is how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I can't remember how our podcast works. Yeah, neither did I. I was like, oh wait, he's about to get into it, and I didn't ask how are you. Uh, wow. I'm doing fine. I mean, you know, yeah, uh, I, I can survive. I have money. I can yeah. live. I, I'm, I'm a lot more fortunate than a lot of people out there. Uh-huh. Uh That's that's what I'll say. <laughs> Great. Uh, I feel like I'm in a similar place. <laughs> uh, I've I've all almost completely finished moving upstairs. Yes. So I'm in a whole I'm in a whole new room. Don't you dare close your eyes. I sleep right over there. Hold My- your breath. It gets better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the words to that song. I'm like so. a shooting star. No, um, that's good. Okay, I'm happy, Andrew, Mr. Showoff, <laughs> or Mr. Showman. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, actually, this week I watched The Greatest Showman. <laughs> that, good for you. I didn't. So we're gonna talk about the Five Bloods. You know, it'd be a great goof if if I said this week I saw The Greatest Showman. <laughs> end of the uh, podcast four minutes in yes. that's all we get four minutes more like five minutes five minutes the five bloods huh <sighs> spike lee's uh, new joint yeah. 2020 yep good lord i felt like i haven't said that in forever the new 2020 film. 
Yeah. It's brand new. Almost. Brand new. Almost. Felt like it was made yesterday, but it had to be made a year ago because that's how films are made. That's that's how movies work. Yes. This uh, is a movie. Yes, it is. A Netflix watched. original that we did watch. And Sam, what'd you think? Uh, I liked it. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. I didn't. I didn't love it. It didn't quite get over that that little hump mm, for me. Okay. Um. Just, first stuff we'll get into, I think, in a bit. Um, of course. But yeah, I, overall, I I quite enjoyed it. It's fucking long. I didn't really realize how long it was. Yeah, that two thirty. Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't feel like it was two, two and a half hours, but I did start watching it at 11 p.m., which means it was done at 1.30 a.m. And that Well, was... that's on you. That's not on Mr. Spike Lee or Netflix. I know, that's on but you. But I, it, I, it was, I was just a sleepy boy uh, for the last sort of... Half, sorry, I just heard a weird sound coming from Ooh. my bathroom. Love it. Ooh, what's that sound? Do you know how scary it would be if you just yelled bloody murder? Just screamed at the top of your lungs? That would terrify me. Yeah. And then you had a Michael and then you had a Michael Myers suit on? Ooh wee. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I liked it. It was a good movie. How, how do you feel about it? Uh, as we joked about before, Spike knows how to make a movie. He does. He, he really does. Um, I liked it. I liked it fine. It's. I cannot lie. I'm not a big fan of Angry Spike. <laughs> Okay. Uh, when he's angry, he he kind of loses focus to me. Uh, that I get that. Yeah. And this isn't some of his other films. Well, that's why Black Klansman. It's it's great because it's he's he's frustrated, but he's focused. Yeah. I can't lie. This really, he really showed how much he can be like Tarantino in parts because that was okay. the feeling i got from a lot of it uh so i apologize in advance if i just say well that's spikes being spike (laughs) um because there will be points where i'm just like well that's spike man (laughs) um but like i like the overall themes i like the way it was structured uh acting forget about it my main man i hope he gets i hope he gets a nomination if that's even a thing anymore (laughs) Yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, no, I, I I liked it. I liked it good. It might make my honorable mentions, but it will not be in my top ten. If those are still I mean, things anymore. Are, are, are there going to even be ten movies released this year is the question. Have I seen ten new films in 2020? Bad, bad Education, no. Sonic the Hedgehog, Birds of Prey, The Invisible Man, Onward, Trolls 2, Scoob, 
the five bloods. Have I already said that? Did I already include that? Did I start with that? I don't no. remember. No, I started with bad education. Shirley. And King of Staten Island. Boom. That's a whole have, top ten list. <laughs> I have not seen most of those films. Um, uh, okay. The, the Five Bloods. Do you want to get into it? Yeah, let's hop into that cast, my guy. Uh, there's Everyone does a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, Chadwick Boseman is in like three scenes. And he's yes. Chadwick Boseman and he's killing it. I do want to bring up one thing. Do you think the how his character is like portrayed and whatnot? Is it a coincidence that, that he's Black Panther, or do you think that is purposefully cast like that? Whoa! Didn't even think about that. Holy shit. Uh, maybe that's just my nerd brain being nerdy, but it feels like that. I mean, mate, it's quite possible. Mm-hmm. What a big milestone in that black was, cinema. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even think about that. I was just like, oh, I love Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, no, he's, he's great. great. 42? Ooh, wee. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, <laughs> uh, then we got uh, Jean Reno. Reno? As the French guy, and he's cool. Yeah. Uh, We got Johnny Nguyen as Vin. The the tour guide. Oh, yeah, he was great. I liked him a lot. Yeah. I was like, ooh, this guy's fun. Uh, Jasper Pakonen. There's a lot of umlauts never seen that many umlauts in one word before <laughs> pack pack on pack i believe you S- seppo i don't know i'd i would give it up uh he was a black clansman yes because you know the two guys who were in black clansman who are in he, this movie w- yes yep uh-huh yeah. the other being paul walter hauser yeah, Richard Jewell himself. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, they did good. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were good. <laughs> yeah, they were good. I liked them. I enjoyed them. Uh, M- M- Melanie Thierry. Ooh, ooh, hit me up with that French, though. <laughs> Do save save Melody again. Melody. Ooh, it tingles, Sam. Ooh, M- wee. Melanie. Uh, that's Hetty. Uh, she was good. I liked her. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got uh, Jonathan Majors as the as David, the the young man. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, quick thing. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Last Black Man in San Francisco, but he Ooh. is gonna go far. Mark my yeah. words, everyone. He's I was like, like for the. For a while, I was trying to like place him. Like I was like, I know I've seen him in something. I know I really liked him in something. What the fuck was that movie? What? Ah! And then there was just like one shot where like his face turned or something. And I was like, Oh, it's Last Black Man in San Francisco. Hell yeah, he's so good. Yeah, he he's really good at this. He's I mean, he's not like the standout star like he was in that that Last Black Man, 
but yeah. he is yeah he's gotta he's gotta go far i really enjoyed yeah, him in this movie oh so good i i really liked his performance um and then i think we can talk about the next three people sort of all together mm-hmm. and then we can leave that last guy for himself because he has a oh, whole other shit going on of course uh, so we got clark Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Shoot. Uh, coming, in, coming in hot. <laughs> what? I just said shoot. His famous catchphrase. Shoot. Who's favorite? Who's famous catchphrase? Uh, Mr. Jr. Isaiah he Whitlock does. Jr.? Yeah. Does he say shoot? He doesn't say shoot. I don't understand the joke. I don't understand this. This joke has backfired at me. So you know how I don't swear on Uh on the podcast. He says another word that starts with S, and he's it's he's very famous for it. He says it in this movie. Shit. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything else. So that reference was already lost on me. Oh, he was in Black Klansman, but (laughs) yeah. I, I I I don't have any reference to his famous catchphrase. Ah, uh, well, that black cinema. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't uh, know. <laughs> no, you're good. You um, for me <laughs> to have a full knowledge of all of black cinema, Sam. That's what I want. Uh, I have a full knowledge of white cinema. What about you? That's <laughs> your own that's, joke. You don't have to. That's your own prerogative. <laughs> That's your own. That was your choice. Kind of. Not really, but a little bit. <laughs> I was like, I don't even want to open up the counter work. <laughs> um, yeah. No, go to film f- school in Texas. So like. It's yeah. true. For a year. Good Lord. Um, yeah. No, I liked it fine. Um, All three of them folk. Yeah, all no, they were all. Uh, even though we are saving one, but including Chadwick Boseman and our main guy, all yeah. five of them, the chemistry Ooh. of all of the scenes back back in the past were beautiful. The, and even when they were old or older, even in the present, uh, their their chemistry it felt like a bunch of uncles getting together at like a family yeah. reunion. Who yeah, they only they, see like, all of each other. What were yeah, you going to say? When they all like saw each other in the hotel, like at the beginning of the movie, and they were all just like, eh. I was like, this is great. Can this just yeah. be the whole movie? I'll just watch this for two and a half hours. And that dance, they're dancing. I loved it. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> oh, baby. Um, so good. Yeah. All, they were all really, really good. Uh, Otis, the, character, the actor who played Otis, what is his name? Clark Peters. Clark Peters. Clark Peters was really, really, really good. Yeah, I, I really him. liked him. He played the the nuance of the... He could tell that he was caught in between Chadwick yeah. Boseman and... Uh, the, uh, I forget the character's name and the actor's name. Uh, Delroy Lindo. It's Paul. Paul, yeah. Between Norman and Paul. You can tell that Otis is such... So in the middle between both their ideologies, and he really plays yeah. the nuance very well. And yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I I think he should uh, get 
best supporting nom. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would love so that. Good. Um, and then I said his name just a moment ago, but Delroy Lindo as Paul, our, our leading man. Good Lord. Much like uh, Octavia Spitzer last year. There's there's not a lot of good roles for for older black people. So when someone does get a good role, they knock it out of the park, much like my guy. Yeah. And he killed it. It was uh, uh, hard to watch sometimes. A spoiler yeah. alert for I, everyone uh... who hasn't seen The Five Bloods. I, I had a, I, yeah, I had a, I had seen people talking about his performance on Twitter being like, it's so good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll ch- like, I'm going to watch it. No, like, yeah. let's do it. And I started watching and, and for the first while I was sort of like, what? This is the guy that everyone's like freaking out about. I didn't quite like get it for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then once like shit started hitting the fan in the forest, I was just like, oh, 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 boy. Yeah. Oh, there it is. And then that monologue. Ooh. Oh, oh, it was just good. It was just so good. Yeah. And it, again, spoiler alert for everyone who hasn't seen it. Go check it out. Uh, but when everything starts to fall apart, you can see him revert back to his old ways back in yeah. Vietnam, but also revert to his new ways of being a uh, Trump supporter and viewing yeah. the world in that lens. And the worst part is, is that you, you hate him, of course, because he's not a great guy. But you get it. You're like, in his putting myself in his shoes, yeah. he's a jerk. But he makes, he, not just with the writing, but also that performance, he makes me understand this deeply flawed character with his eyes with a twitch of his face it's yeah it's beautiful yeah uh so good cast all around so good yeah a plus plus uh do you want to talk about that writing hey you i mean yeah for sure i know it's i think it's the usual suspects is three guys and spike yeah Danny Bilson, Paul DeMeo, Kevin Wilmot, and Spike Lee. Spike Lee! Um, script's <laughs> good. Again, how do I phrase this? Yeah, I mean, um, my problems with the movie are with the script, I guess. It is truly with the direction, which we'll get to soon. Um, yeah, there script's solid. Are crying outside of your window? Yeah, I see a baby, you know. I'm assuming our, our, our child did it didn't get like a piece of candy and now they're sad they're walking past the window i see oh no they're stopping oh geez oh but she stopped crying that's good oh i think she finally understood that maybe mother didn't want to give her candy because she knows supper's is coming up and you don't want to have candy then eat like you know broccoli and chicken that's not a good combination <laughs> you wait afterwards to eat the candy so i think i think we just witnessed a little girl just like grow up just a little bit um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no the writing's good but uh, what do you think about the writing it's good uh i think it, that's also sort of where parts of this movie don't always work for me mm-hmm. um like my biggest issue with the whole thing 
was that it like turned into like an action movie. Yes. Like I was really not a fan of that. Mm. Like in the I first confrontation with when they fight the the first few dudes who are trying to take their gold, I was like, okay, that makes sense. That's like a, a you know, tension has bubbled up to this point. We're going to do this thing. Yeah. But then when it was like, we have to get to the temple because that's where we have like cover and we can just like shoot everybody. I was just sort of like, I don't Okay. All right. Well, Sam, have you seen Apocalypse Now? No. And here's, do you remember Treasure of the Sierra Madre? Yes. Uh, I feel like those were the big two influences of this movie. And again, where I think this movie does fall apart. I guess this is a part of the writing. I think with the ending of Spike Lee's very much about like, hey, black folks can do these things too. So he fell into the trope of, much like Tarantino, homaging, with big air quotes, those moments where it didn't feel like these characters don't feel like they would drop everything, grab a bunch of ammo, and then shoot out for the gold. That it does feel contradictory. But with it being in conversation with those other two movies that I mentioned, uh, I get it. But again, yeah, that's where it kind of falls short to me. Yeah, as well. I, like I got it. Like it wasn't like, oh, this is so surprising. I was just like, this isn't. I didn't think this is where this was going, and I was just sort yeah. of like, that's how it. That's the climax of this whole movie. It's is shooting a lot of people, and then like it was just like it just felt so weird mm-hmm. after this like slow, like almost a. a almost a sort of character piece on these like people on these four Mm. people reliving their past and, and thinking about the future and doing all this stuff to, for that to just end in, I don't know, get a bunch of guns and shoot them. Yeah. It does feel odd for sure. Um, Yeah. What'd you think about the direction, the direction though? I mean, it's directed great. Spike Lee is an amazing director. Um, I feel, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to articulate this properly the way that, you know, smart people can articulate things about filmmakers. I bet bet you can do it. (laughs) All right. Uh, I feel like like Spike Lee is a very unique filmmaker in that uh his movies have this very like overt style mm-hmm. that is sort of like i feel like a spike lee style is sort of a mix of like late 70s movies and movies of now mm-hmm. does that make sense no that makes complete sense like he's still even now like you know when did his when did do the right thing come out 19 19- 83 89 so like d3 what are those three (laughs) years for one of those ones so like 30 years later after like his big thing Mm -hmm. his style is still very much influenced by the movies that he like grew up watching Mm -hmm. whereas i feel like other filmmakers sort of in his same 
sort of wheelhouse, the like mm. Scorsese's. I don't feel like Scorsese is is as like his his newest movies don't feel like they're still inspired by the movies that he watched growing up. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, I get. Like I yes. feel like like Scorsese has sort of grown and developed with movies as as they have come throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Whereas Spike Lee has always just sort of been like, this is the thing that I do. And he's just honed that, that one thing. Yeah. So that in 2020, he can release to five bloods. And it feels like a movie that could have come out in 93 or 2005 or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know? But like, even like Wolf of Wall Street, would it feel like it could come out in 1980s? In the 1980s? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's sort of what I'm trying to get at. All right, I, I Spike get Lee's that. movies sort of feel like timeless in a very different way than like a Scorsese. Yes, yeah, I get that. Um, but I, they're also still like with the whole MAGA thing and all the Trump supporting. Like it's still very much about now. Mm-hmm. So it like you couldn't release this movie in 1992 and have it make any sense, but it's still like feels like it could just like you can just pop it in and out of time and it works. Do you think the aspect ratio did that a lot? Cause I loved everything that was shot in. I really like millimeter. Yeah. 16 millimeter. I really liked that. I thought it worked really well. Um, I, I, I think, but I mean, I sort of feel this way about like black Klansman or do the right thing. Like you could take, do the right thing out of, the year that it came out and plop it in a 2020 release. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh yeah, sure. That's a great movie that has just come mm-hmm. out. You can plot black Klansman in like 1998. And it's like, Oh shit. What a damn good movie. You know, yeah. like you can sort of just, pop, I feel like they, they can be popped in and out of, out of time and the, and they still work. I get that. Um, for, there was a point that I want to make, but and you would say you would prefer that he keeps his style than evolving his style, like a yeah. Scorsese I really like or, I yeah. I really really like his style, and I I appreciate that. Like, I love seeing like a filmmaker who is really good at their thing and just being like, "This is the thing I do." Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it, and yeah. and I'm good at it. Like uh, I was, I was talking to my friend about Bill Murray just the other day, um, and he was like, because he had he had li- he had watched Groundhog's Day and then listened to our podcast, so we were talking about it, and uh, he said, like Bill Murray, it, much like Bill Murray, it's like he's really really good at one thing, mm-hmm. and Bill Murray's a goat, like he's amazing, he's so funny, but he always plays Bill Murray. Yeah. And I feel like that's sort of Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Spike that... Lee is the GOAT. He's uh, fucking incredible. Like, there's no questioning that he's one of the best filmmakers ever. Mm-hmm. And he's and he does Spike Lee. He does that one thing. I will say, it's fu- you bring that up, that is one of my... I don't want to say issues, but I guess gripes with him. Okay. Um... 
yeah, there's no denying that Spike Lee's great. But it is kind of like, I get it. I get it. I understand. There's always a moment in a Spike Lee movie where it feels like I had to, I have to take African American studies 101. And (laughs) I get it. I understand. Because if you're not going to do it, who else will? And, you know, he's one of the greatest filmmakers for that alone. Not just that he knows how to use a camera. Yeah. But there are moments in all his films that kind of feel like they're talking down to you or talking at you. Okay. Uh, and I feel like there that is a part of his, you know, style. But I do wish he would change it sometimes. But like, even like, uh, he's done an Inside Man with Denzel Washington. He did a, a normal, straight action movie but still in his style and that works great it's a lot of fun uh but yeah he is a true auteur yeah i i mean i've only seen the spike lee movies that we've done for the podcast so ah it's it's probably different if you've like been seeing them forever you know Mm. ask me in 10 years after seeing a bunch more spike lee movies if i feel the same who knows Yeah, but, but for yeah, for these three, for the Spike yeah, Lee trilogy, for, these three, for you, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm into it. Yeah, I get it's that. Great. Yeah, for sure. What a good three to watch. Good yeah. thing you haven't seen the Old Boy remake. Uh, did he do that? Yes, he did. Whoa, I didn't know that. Uh, is it bad? It's not great. Uh, he's one of those film. He's a good. He's yeah. He's a good filmmaker. Is it bad? Nah. Is it fine? Yes. With a guy like Spike Lee, that's a problem. But yeah. is that okay. fair? I don't know. I have an entire. Yeah. You're gonna catch me on a downfall of like. Is that fair? I don't know. Would I expect that from Joe Schmo? Would I expect yeah. that from Peyton Reed? Yeah. If Peyton Reed made that movie, I would praise him. But Spike yeah. Lee made. Yeah, <laughs> see, I'm already doing it. <laughs> um, also, I believe for the podcast, this is our first war movie. If, if I believe so, of a hundred, I mean, we did Infinity War. I we have done some <laughs> Star Wars too. Yeah, we did a couple <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, I think this is a. Fr- I don't remember any other war because we didn't do nineteen whatever nineteen seventeen. Dunkirk yeah. was out before. Oh, haven't man, done Dunkirk. like Saving Private Ryan or Apocalypse Now, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, Fury. I don't really watch a whole lot of war movies, so mm. I don't. Also, I was hoping that you would, I would sit in a class with Sam Bannigan, and from a Canadian standpoint, uh huh. How do you view the Vietnam War? We don't really learn about it. Ah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we Uh, sort of, I remember sort of touching on it, but it was mainly focused on the, like, protests and sort of being like, hey, like, people were protesting and this is sort of why and, and the, the message of the, of the lessons that I remember was sort of like, yeah, it, the war shouldn't have happened. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, But let's talk about other stuff instead. We don't really focus on. 
I mean, obviously, being Canadian, we don't really focus on American history. And yeah. Because Canada wasn't really involved in the Vietnam War, we don't really learn about it. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so, uh, what war films have you seen? Uh, the Five Bloods. The Five Bloods? I saw the, the, uh, the play War Horse. Oh, I love War Horse. Um, Dunkirk as as Dunkirk earlier, yeah. I've seen clips of Saving Private Ryan. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, What do you for the few that you've seen? Yeah, I don't really watch a whole lot of war Mm. movies. Um, I wish we were doing Top Gun. Ah. I'm sorry, I just got a sad depression because I wanted to go on a full spiel about American propaganda. Uh, but I'll oh, save yeah. that for I Top mean, Guns later. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever Top Gun comes out, we can talk about that. How's, how's that? Uh, yes. I would, oh, oh, I think that was one of the most interesting movies ever made. <laughs> the boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. Is that Top Gun? No, but isn't that Top Gun with the volleyball? It's not Boys Are Back in Town. Is it Boys Are Back in Town? I could be wrong. I, I haven't seen Top Gun in years. It's like weird and shirtless, sweaty boys yeah. playing volleyball to Boys Are Back in Town, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I <laughs> the worst timeline. Oh, I got things to say about Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> And you know how much I love Top my boy. You know how much yeah. I love Tom. But I got things to say about Top Gun. Uh, yeah. uh, but you're asking me about war movies, sorry. <laughs> I feel like there's been a trend lately in the past like 10, 15 years where we have finally, America at least, have, has finally said, hey, is, is war bad? <laughs> is, is, is glorified war bad? I um, mean, I... Th- I think there's something to that. Mm-hmm. I think I think it sort of depends on the on what war. Isn't that the thing? Be, we recently watched Saving Private Riot for Memorial Day, and we were watching it, and I was like, "This is a bit pro-war," but they're also Nazis, so yeah. Uh, is it okay? But why is it okay here, but not in other places? Is it because truly Nazis are evil? A lot of people in war are evil. And <laughs> once again, I go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I go down rabbit holes a lot. Call me Alice. Um, <laughs> but I just, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't really watched a whole lot of war movies, so I don't know if my thoughts and opinions are are as coherent and put together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I think like yeah, I think it really depends because like I don't know any like modern war movies. I guess they they exist because people get mad about them, but. Yeah, I, like uh, about that are glorifying war. Other than like 
American sniper, probably. I was about to say, for every five bloods, there is an American sniper. There is yeah. that small Christian. But then there's like thing. a. But then you get like a hurt locker or a, mm-hmm. a jarhead or a, a other one. Even the, even nineteen seventeen. <laughs> yeah, nineteen seventeens. The the zero dark thirty is that the one? Yes. Yeah. Um, which are, are sort of, you know, a bit more complicated in their takes Yeah, on it all. Uh, I haven't really seen any of them in full. I've seen bits mm-hmm. and pieces, and but I've just never, I don't know. In Canada, at least in my experience in Canada, war isn't really, like, glorified or talked about in class. Like yeah. we talk about it, but it's not like we don't have like Memorial Day and Veterans Day and all these different things. We have Remembrance Day, which is our day of like celebrating like all the people who died in war. Yes, that's our thing. But we don't really have anything celebrating like current soldiers, I guess. Yeah. With Memorial Day and Veterans Day. I mean, hey, yeah. 4th of July's coming up. Yeah, like we don't it's not so much a part of Canadian culture as much. Like it, it exists. I know people who really like war and learning about war and, and learning about Canadians place in the war and all that sort of stuff and there's some really interesting history with with canada and war um Mm. like i learned i did a show set at the end of world war one when i was in college um called unity 1918 which is about canada i i had i did some research on canada in the first world war i found out that in the first world war that was sort of uh, that was the first time that Canada had ever fought in a war as Canada and not as British soldiers. Mm. Um, so, but like, I didn't learn that in school, but I feel like that would be a thing to learn about in school. I don't know. The wars were, were weird to learn about because so much of the media that we were like, that, you know, you see as a kid in Canada is American media. We don't really yeah. see stories about Canadians going to fight the Nazis. Yeah. It's all very America centered, which is a bunch of bullshit. Cause y'all like stayed out of the war for as long as possible. Yeah. And then we stopped it with our boot heel. That's the only well, thing. Mean, America there got were... rid of the Nazis. America alone. Well, there were, you know, Nazi rallies held in Madison square garden. So like nonsense, take some, I guess. Fake news. Some may say fake news. That's uh, not fake news. That's real. You can look it up. People in New York City wearing Nazi armbands going to Madison Square Garden. There are photos. It exists. He gets mad at me for undermining jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good, right? Feed into it. Um, so, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. War. So war is oh. weird. I, I don't like war. This is probably why I haven't watched a lot of war movies. Yeah. 
Um, how do you think this film handles the topic of just war in general? Uh, I think, I mean, I haven't seen, I don't really know much about the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Um, other than it's bad and should not have happened. That's sort of the extent of my knowledge on the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I liked that, you know, it, the movie seem to feel conflicted about it because mm-hmm. it's like here are you know veterans of this war who had to kill all these people and do what they could to to live but and went back to america they, and still had to sit in the back of the bus yeah like so it, it was this sort of you know complicated mm-hmm. relationship that it seems to have but i i mean i enjoyed the parts where like some of my favorite parts were were when they were sort of like when uh Vin was like oh yeah like my parents were like in Saigon and they were like oh shit that's crazy yeah and sort of like seeing the different relationships that these people can have through this thing and that whole like idea that um they talk about sort of later it's like oh like when you're in a war you know it's so weird when the war ends and you know that it's never actually ends. Yeah. Like that sort of stuff I thought was really interesting. And it's conversations about PTSD and, and it's ways of showing how each of them sort of dealt with it afterwards mm-hmm. without ever showing them living in America. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, the, for you sure. get Paul who could just get super patriotic and super like America fuck yeah like that was that guy otis sort of had a complicated like he was in love but he was had a family back home and like did all this stuff um you see mel like clearly he's an alcoholic like he always has a drink in his hand like Mm -hmm. uh and then eddie like went and just was like all right i'm just gonna make as much money as possible like i'm just gonna you know, start my own business, do my own thing, blah, blah, blah. So seeing how these different people sort of dealt with mm-hmm. their their own feelings about it and, and stuff, and, I thought that was interesting. And also the cruel irony that they all, you know, hit these highs and lows. And for most of them, they all still died in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, which to me is very very like how do I phrase this I wanted to say cool but it's not cool but very just thoughtful and very yeah meditated meditative yeah yeah I think that's part of why I didn't like that it ended in this like shootout yeah <laughs> like I was like if you wanted if every if if part of this is like oh yeah like they they go and they live their lives in America but they still end up dying in Vietnam I'm like, that's cool. I'm down for that. Like when Eddie died because of the landmine, which, oh my God, I was so freaked out. Every time they were walking around, I was like, don't find a mine. Just don't, please yeah. don't, don't step on a mine. This is just going to go bad so fast. And it did. Um, it was just, yeah, I, I, I liked that. But then it turning into just like, an, like war again. I was yes. Yeah. 
I guess for me, it's just the idea that lore never leaves you yeah. as an individual. Uh, or as a country. Or as a country, especially. Especially when half your people are not fairly, you know, seen in America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's quite it's quite an interesting film. Um, with how do you feel about how timely it was for this? Oh, film to come wild! Out? It really shows that it shows you if anyone ever says, "Oh, why is this thing happening just now? Why are protests happening now?" It wasn't just now. These. Yeah it's you you are finally listening now yeah yeah you're paying Uh, attention now um yeah i mean i as i was watching it i was like was this made like yesterday like god damn like it was ah and it really like even at the fucking start of the movie it hits you with it like it's just like Mm -hmm. here are a bunch of images of the war and this is horrible this is this happened and we're gonna talk about it I was like, oh, God. Okay. And again, with Spike being the GOAT, I love how it opens with Muhammad Ali, a literal fighter. And it ends with uh, Dr. King, a peacemaker. And then it still goes, but don't don't forget, he was still assassinated. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's weird. Yeah, it's just weird that, yeah, you see young Muhammad Ali talking about these things. Muhammad Ali got old and died, and it's yeah. still relevant, as relevant as it is today. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's um, so crazy. <laughs> um, do you have, yeah. do you have, do you have thoughts on, on that? Um, the timeliness was that sort of it that was just the timeliness is is very odd i was expecting at the end to see a picture of uh george floyd i was like did he right because i he's spike lee of course he has an editing bay in his house yeah did he did he uh fiddle around but yeah no it was it would have felt odd but also when spike's mad spike's mad uh I'm glad that that wasn't, but even though it wasn't in it, the entire film was just drenched in that idea of yeah. how even, again, it, it stretches past America. If you are a straight white man, you suffer. Of course, everyone suffers, but... You but didn't you're not get suffering your t- because you're a straight white man. Exactly. You didn't get your entire country destroyed because of it. Yeah. You did. Which also, uh, Watchmen talked about this, and I felt like they yeah. talked about it even as well. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to see that now it's been, what, 50 years since Vietnam? Probably 50, 60. Uh, yeah, 50 years. It ended in 70-something, 71, yeah. 72. That now we're going to see a lot of pieces of art from from black people and hopefully from a lot of Vietnamese people to show the horror of that war and the and the 
ludicrousy of even happening in the first place. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't say ludicrously. That's me brushing it off. The, but yeah, the irrational involvement of America, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see the sort of art that's coming out of Viet Vietnam uh, in that same sort of time frame of like the like Godzilla coming out of Japan after yes. World War II. Like, I want to see that relationship because I, I just I don't know it. Mm-hmm. I also haven't sought it out because I haven't really thought about it before now. But yeah, I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, it's it's wild, as some may say. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there any any other points that you would like to bring up? Uh, I really liked the music. All the all the use of the music was was great. Yeah, Marvin Gaye is wonderful. He is wonderful. The that flight of Concords. What is it called? <laughs> Rise Help of me the, out. Uh, flight of the Valkyries. Yes, thank you. Uh, not two New Zealand <laughs> band members. Uh, flight <laughs> of the Valkyries. Um, that was a bit too much for me. But again, I I use. Spike's gonna be Spike. Yeah, Spike's, um, gonna, Spike's gonna spike. Yeah, it was a bit too much for me, but still, it, it's a wonderful piece of music. But yeah, all the music all around was the Marvin yeah. Gaye without the instruments playing. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I, I yeah, love I, I just I appreciated that it wasn't like the same. Like someone pointed this out on Twitter that I can't remember who it was, but they were like, Spike Lee very specifically doesn't use the songs that are in like Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. or anything. Cause he's like, no, there's other music happening at the yes. same time about yes. the same stuff. But then that frustrates me because then why use Fly the Valkyries? I, I, I think that was more, I think that was a bit of like a, like not a joke, but like a, Oh, here it comes. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just like them on a boat, just like chilling. You know, I think that's sort of what that was for. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but I get I get what you're saying. I just Come on. Yeah. Um (laughs) Yeah. Uh I feel like that I loved the film. The cinematography was great. The music was Oh, cinematography, ten out of ten. All the shots of like the four of them all together, I was just like this is just pretty. Can't lie, some of the action scenes weren't great. There are many times where it just looked like people were sitting in a helicopter set and they were shaking the camera and they were like, whoa! whoa. Yeah, I heard somewhere, I read something that was uh, that Netflix just gave Spike Lee like a trash budget. Oh, yes! Did you Thanks. see this? Yes, I did. Yeah. Hashtag Netflix may be racist. Yeah. Um, like they, they just didn't give him like any money pretty much. They gave him like the least amount they could. Mm-hmm. And they like didn't do the de-aging stuff that he wanted for the yeah. older actors for all the flashbacks. And he was like arguing about fighting, shooting on 16 millimeter and all this stuff. And I was just like, this is wild. Netflix, you stop being shitty. It It is... This is coming from someone who thinks Irishman is like one of the best pieces of art that came out of last decade, but it is a bit, a bit weird that it's you're very willing weird. to 
to drop $120 million on Martin Scorsese, but you won't even do half for Spike Lee. It yeah. is quite wild. Um, and I, like, in my brain, they are the same level of GOAT. Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like a lot of people feel this, like they've been making movies for about the same amount of time. They've been killing it the entire time. But I mean, Hollywood has always been shitty to Spike, so. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Driving Miss Daisy and Green Book. Yeah. Uh, it's quite funny. Although that clip of him, uh, do you remember that clip from when Green Book won? And, and the. <laughs> Can I do it? Can I do it? Yeah, and the and the interview was like, "Why why didn't you like uh, why didn't you like Green Book? Was there something you didn't like about it? Are you are you are you British? Yeah, are you British? Yeah, it wasn't my cup of tea. <laughs> I love it. I love that's it. one of my that's absolutely one of the best clips." Ever. That's one of the best red carpet interviews of all time. His little jumpy dance thing that he does is the best. I'm like, Spike, you're so old, but please keep dancing. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It is indeed wild, wild times. Uh, my name is Sam Banigan. And I'm Andrew Thomas. Uh, you can... Uh, the podcast is supported in part by Lennox Studios over on Patreon. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patreon.com slash Welcome Back Pod if you want to support us financially. That's cool. There's also still <laughs> lots of protests happening, so go donate to bail funds and Black Lives Matters organizations and other charities in your area. Um, also, I would just like to make it clear. Eventually, we're, we may stop saying support, but still support. Still, still, still if you have the support. money, always support. If we if we forget to say or if we eventually stop saying it, it doesn't mean we still don't mean it. That's what no, make that clear. We're always gonna mean it. Like, hey. We always we always want to support. Support black artists, support mm-hmm. people of color artists, support all all the all the cool rad people of color out there doing yeah. their doing their thing. Like uh, me. <laughs> yeah, like Andrew. Uh, <laughs> See, uh, I can I feel I, even though I am, I feel like a jerk saying it. <laughs> well, to be fair, Welcome Back is half white. It is half white indeed. It's the jungle so. fever of art. Uh <laughs> Welcome Back <laughs> podcast, the jungle fever of podcasts. Yes. Yes indeed. <laughs> uh yeah, you can find the podcast at Welcome Back Pod on all the social medias all over the place if you want to follow us on those things. We're around. We hang out. We do the thing. Uh, and I wish that I had said that before I said that the, we, we got to that jungle fever bit because that jungle fever bit is a really He's good way to end a podcast. He's got jungle fever. She's got jungle fever. They got jungle fever. We're in love. <laughs> <laughs>